You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. That was quite a State of the Union last night. First of all, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I thought, one of the stars of the night. But things got tense with President Biden. Some of the Republicans in the chamber went after him. He kind of initiated it, though, with some of his talk. Let's pick up some of the action with uh, President Biden last night. Sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. <laughs> Let me give you anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if. If Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant. But it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Look, folks, the idea is that we're not going to be, we're, we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default on the debt if we don't respond. Folks. That's really important what you just heard. And and that is something that, look how they operate. You had, during the course of Fung versus Magaziner, they presented as Republicans want to get rid of. Republicans, Social Security and Medicare. It was one person that put it in a proposal and it didn't go anywhere. What about the fact the amount of Democrats that say defund the police and and uh, abolish the police and the the new Green Deal? It, it's it's not everyone. I want to go back to this again though, because I think in some ways, and that's Marjorie Taylor Greene and others really going after him. All of you at home should know what those <laughs> plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. conversion you know it means if, if congress doesn't keep the programs where they are they go away other republic well again uh <clears throat> pretty pet pathetic display compared with governor i mean the republican response was one of the better ones in recent memory beyond our border from afghanistan to ukraine from north korea to iran president biden's weakness puts our nation and the world at risk and the president's refusal to stand up to China, our most formidable adversary, is dangerous and unacceptable. President Biden is unwilling to defend our border, defend our skies, and defend our people. He is simply unfit to serve as commander-in-chief. She, um, I wasn't sure what to think when she was chosen, but boy, she did a fantastic job. And this was... Um, one of the, the best lines, I think, one of the best lines of the night. And while you reap the consequences of their failures, the Biden administration seems more interested in woke fantasies than the hard reality Americans face every day. 
Most Americans simply want to live their lives in freedom and peace. But we are under attack in a left-wing culture war we didn't start and never wanted to fight. Every day we are told we must partake in their rituals, salute their flags, and worship their false idols. All while big government colludes with big tech to strip away the most American thing there is. Your freedom of speech. That's not normal. It's crazy. And it's wrong. Make no mistake. Republicans will not surrender this fight. We will lead with courage and do what's right, not what's politically correct or convenient. That's Sarah Huckabee Sanders who delivered the Republican response last night. It was a huge, huge night for her. Um, and she, she had some other, um, other very, very good lines last night. We just play a little bit more in the um, Republican response to the Biden State of the Union. Put on this earth for such a time as this to charge boldly ahead. I'll be the first to admit President Biden and I don't have a lot in common. I'm for freedom. He's for government control. At 40, I'm the youngest governor in the country. And at 80, He's the oldest president in American history. I'm the first woman to lead my state. And he's the first man to surrender his presidency to a woke mob that can't even tell you what a woman is. In the radical left's America, Washington taxes you and lights your hard-earned money on fire. But you get crushed with high gas prices, empty grocery shelves, and our children are taught to hate one another on account of their race, but not to love one another or our great country. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. Wow. It's time for a new generation of Republican leadership. Upon taking office just a few weeks ago, I signed executive orders to ban CRT, racism, and indoctrination in our schools, eliminate the use of derogatory term Latinx in our government, repealed COVID orders, and said never again to authoritarian mandates and shutdowns. Americans want common sense from their leaders. But in Washington, the Biden administration is doubling down on crazy. You know, she um, met the moment. It was a huge, huge night. Very happy for her. I've had interactions with her her father. But that was um, Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And it's so good to hear someone frame it that way. Now, of course, President, excuse me, Governor McKee's praising the speech. President Biden it was as if everyone were holding their breath to see if he could collectively just get through and read the teleprompter. People are going to debate if it was um, in poor form for some of the Republicans to be yelling out in that way. Was it rude? Was it inappropriate? But he, he, he basically, the president opened the door with this whole nonsense that we had to hear the entire time in the Fung Magazine race, and that is that Republicans want to end Social Security and, and Medicare. And it's, it's, it's one, it was one Republican that came up with a proposal to revamp it. 
And that's what it gets turned into. All right, it's Wednesday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Yes, you may proceed with the arraignment, Mr. Clark. Ms. Clancy on docket 2359CR153, the court has a complaint charging you under 265 section 1, count 1 murder, juvenile 1. Count 2, 265 section 1, murder, juvenile 2. Count 3, 265 15D big A, strangulation of suffocation, juvenile 1. Count 4, 265 15D big A, strangulation suffocation, juvenile 2. Count 5, 265 15D big A, strangulation of suffocation, juvenile 3. Count 6, 265 15A big A, assault and battery, dangerous weapon, two wit exercise rope, juvenile 1. Count 7, assault and battery, 265 15A with a dangerous weapon, two wit exercise rope, juvenile 2. And count 8, 265 15A, assault and battery, dangerous weapon, exercise rope, two wit juvenile 3. Man, a plea of not guilty will be entered. Please be advised while this case is pending, any violation of state, federal, local law may result in a bail being revoked and be held without pay. Commonwealth, I'll hear from you first. Thank you, Your Honor. The Commonwealth is requesting that the defendant be held without bail based on the facts of the case, the strength of the Commonwealth's case, and the potential penalty. On Friday, January 27, 2023, using an erasable whiteboard because she was still temporarily intubated, one of the first questions that Lindsay Clancy asked was, do I need an attorney? She knew that she had murdered her children and she had the clarity, focus, and mental acumen to focus on protecting her own rights and interests. The following is a summary of the events that led to the murders of Cora Clancy, Dawson Clancy, and Callan Clancy. On the morning of Tuesday, January 24th, 2023, the defendant took her five-year-old daughter Cora to the pediatricians for an appointment. She interacted with a receptionist, nursing staff, and a doctor. There were apparently no issues with the defendant's demeanor or behavior as she completed the appointment and was allowed to leave with Cora without any issues or concerns. When she returned home, she went outside with Cora and her three-year-old son Dawson to play in the snow. They built a snowman. The defendant sent photos to her mother and to the defendant, straight back to her husband. She texted with them. Nothing in the text was out of the ordinary or any sign of any distress or trouble. Back inside later that day at 4.02 p.m., the defendant searched on her phone, Kids Miralax. She then searched at Takeout 3V via her cell phone at 4.13 p.m. Immediately after doing that, she used Apple Maps on her phone to determine how long it would take someone to drive from her home in Duxbury to 3V Restaurant in Plymouth. So she would know how long someone would be gone if they ran that errand. She next went on the CVS website at 4.47 p.m. and then called CVS on Summer Street in Kingston. She spoke to the manager of CVS and asked if they had the kids Marilax. The manager told her no, but they had other similar medications. According to the manager of CVS, her voice did not sound slurred or impaired in any way. She had no trouble understanding the defendant and it was a perfectly normal conversation. At 4.53 p.m., the defendant texted her husband, who was working in his home office in their basement. She texted, any chance you want to do takeout from 3V? I didn't cook anything. It's been a long day. This was an unusual request, as when the family ordered takeout, they'd usually go somewhere closer to home. But it was a place that they had been in the past. Patrick Clancy texted back yes, and then the defendant asked him to check the menu. At 5.06 p.m., the defendant... The, the husband texted the defendant 
um, asking uh, what she was going to get. She responded, a Mediterranean Power Bowl. She spelled it correctly, and it was something that was on the menu. He then told her that he wanted the scallop and pork belly risotto. At 5 10 p.m., the defendant called 3V Restaurant to place the order. She got the order correct. She gave the correct name for pickup, Patrick. The hostess who took the call said there was nothing out of the ordinary about this call. She was able to understand the defendant, that um, her voice was not slurred or impaired in any way. At 5.15 p.m., Patrick Clancy headed out the door to run these errands at the defendant's request. As he left, she texted him Pedialax liquid stool softener. Surveillance footage shows Mr. Clancy at CVS on Summer Street in Kingston at 5.32 p.m. He goes to the medication aisle, the children's medication aisle. Phone records show that he called the defendant at 5.33 p.m. and she did not answer the phone. She then calls him back at 5.34 p.m. and the call lasted 14 seconds. He's there at the store unsure of which medication to get and she tells him exactly what she wants. He had no issues communicating with her. It was a completely normal call, although he did mention that she seemed like she was in the middle of something. He is on surveillance footage during this time, exiting that aisle and appeared to be using his phone. He then heads to the register, makes his purchase, and leaves the store at 5.37 p.m. He's next seen on footage at 3V Restaurant at 5.54 p.m. He picks up the, the food and he's out of there within a minute. When he arrives home, the first thing he noticed was the silence. He did not see or hear the defendant or the children. He actually called her cell phone at 6.09 p.m. looking for them, and she did not answer. He went to their bedroom on the second floor, and the door was locked. He was able to open it, and when he looked inside, he saw blood on the floor in front of a full-length mirror and the window open. He immediately runs downstairs and into the backyard, where he finds the defendant laying on the ground. She appeared to have cuts on her wrists and neck, but he stated to 911 that those wounds were no longer bleeding. She was conscious. He called 911. During this time, he asked the defendant, what did you do? She responded to him, I tried to kill myself and jumped out the window. During the 911 call, Patrick can be heard asking the defendant, where are the kids? He later told police that she replied, in the basement. So immediately after this happened, she knew what she had done and she knew where the kids were. When EMS arrived, he asked them to stay with her so he could go find his kids. The 911 call kept going. Patrick can be heard on the 911 call entering the home and heading to the basement. At one point, he calls out, guys. He can then be heard screaming in agony and shock as he found his children. His screams seem to get louder and more agonized as the time passes. Cora and Callan were on the floor in the den area of the finished basement, which is to the left when you walk down the stairs, while Dawson was alone on the floor in his father's home office, which is to the right when you go down the stairs. Each child still had the exercise band that was used to strangle them tied around their necks when their father found them. Dawson and Callan were face down on the floor. Cora was on her side with her torso tor tor turned towards the floor. He removed the bands and begged them to breathe. He continued to scream uncontrollably and screamed for officers to come to the basement. The dispatchers are hearing this and they send help down to the basement 
and when they encounter Patrick, he yells out, she killed the kids. The police rushed the children to ambulances that brought them to the hospital, and unfortunately, Cora and Dawson were declared dead at the hospital. Callan was med-flighted to Boston Children's Hospital. Medical staff was able to restart his pulse, but not his brain activity. He was placed on life support for several days before passing away. The defendant was transported to South Shore Hospital and then to a Boston area hospital where she remains. She sustained several broken bones in her back and her rib cage. The police were able to find several notebooks in the defendant's home pursuant to a search warrant and also notes on her phone that were similar to journal entries. In the months, weeks, and days preceding January 24, 2023, the defendant meticulously detailed her daily activities her children's lives, her mental state, and her medication use. Her writing was clear, precise, and articulate. She never indicated that she was hallucinating, delusional, or had disordered thoughts or speech. In all of her writing, she appears to know who she is, where she is, the date, and with whom she's interacted. She wrote a note on her phone the day before killing the children, stating that she had, quote, a touch of postpartum anxiety end quote, around returning to work. She wrote that her psychiatrist had prescribed medication to help her. The defendant was initially diagnosed, according to her husband, with generalized anxiety disorder. She was then evaluated at the Women and Infant Center for Women's Behavioral Health in Providence, Rhode Island, on December 20th, 2022. There, after an evaluation, she was told in the presence of her husband that by psychiatrists that she did not have postpartum depression and that she had no symptoms of postpartum depression. She wrote in her journal that at times she had suicidal ideation in December of 2022, and she also told her husband that she had suicidal thoughts and on one occasion had thoughts of harming her children. But she did not write or voice those thoughts after a stay at McLean Hospital. When she had those thoughts, she consulted with a psychiatrist and with her husband, and then she committed herself to McLean Hospital on January 1st, 2023. She was discharged by the hospital on January 5th, 2023. And the hospital did not file any paperwork at that time, attempting to have her committed as a danger to herself or others. She also kept meticulous and detailed daily medication logs in a diary that she wrote. She detailed that she had difficulties with each of the medications that were prescribed to her. And when she had issues with those medications, she detailed how her doctor had her stop that medication or wean off of it and then try something else. They were trying different medications to see what would work for her, what would benefit her. According to her husband, she was never on more than four to five medications at one time. And at the time of the murder, she was taking only three medications. And he said to the police that she always took the medications as prescribed. After her stay at McLean, the defendant appeared to be getting better. According to her husband, she slept well, interacted with friends and family. She went out with her kids and husband to places like the Kingsbury Club in Duxbury, the Charlie Horse Restaurant, the Museum of Science in Boston, the Cape Cotter down the Cape, interacting with her family and the public without any apparent difficulties. She even stayed alone with the children on several occasions without any issues in January of 2023. Her husband asked her in mid-January, are you still having suicidal thoughts? And she said, no. The defendant's parents visited the family the weekend of January 21st, 2023. They interacted with the defendant in person. 
The defendant was able to run errands while her mom watched the children. She texted back and forth with her mother, and there was nothing out of the ordinary about these text messages. In fact, the defendant texted her mother on January 22nd, 2023, to ask how her home, her ride home went. During this conversation, the defendant's mother wrote, quote, enjoyed seeing everyone this weekend. Nice to see you doing better, end quote. On the night of the killings, Patrick Clancy was interviewed by the police at Beth Israel Deaconess Plymouth Hospital. He told the police that the defendant was having one of her best days. She was smiling and happy, and there was no indication that she was going to harm the kids. No one, no one at all described her as acting like a zombie in the days leading up to the murder or on the day of the murders themselves. On February 5th, 2023, this past Sunday at 1.35 p.m., while sitting with Dr. Paul Zizel, the psychologist hired by defense counsel to evaluate her mental state, the defendant used Dr. Zizel's cell phone to call her husband. She left a voicemail stating that she loved him. Yesterday, on February 6, 2023, at 10.09 a.m., she again used Dr. Zizel's cell phone to call her husband. This time he answered, and during this call, the defendant stated that after he left the house that night, she killed the kids because she heard a voice and had, quote, a moment of psychosis, end quote. He asked her what voices she heard, and she said she heard a man's voice telling her to kill the kids and kill herself because it was her last chance. Patrick Clancy told the police the defendant had never heard voices before. He also told the police the defendant had never used the word psychosis to him before. The first time she used that word psychosis was when she was with the doctor hired by defense counsel and using his cell phone. The defendant actually wrote a note on her phone on October 25th, approximately three months before this happened, October 25th, 2022. She wrote, quote, I think I sort of resent my other children because they prevent me from treating Cal like my first baby. And I know that's not fair to them. I know that. I was feeling so depressed last evening when Cora and Dawson came home from school. I know it runs off on them. So we had a pretty rough evening. I want to feel love and connection with all of my kids. She then wrote that she wants to have more kids eventually. The children were killed by ligature strangulation. Ligature strangulation causes the victim to become unconscious anywhere from 10 seconds up to a minute. The more the victim struggles, the longer it takes. After the victim is unconscious, the ligature must be held in place with force, squeezing the neck for up to an additional four to five minutes to cause death. Therefore, she had to strangle each of them to unconsciousness and then make sure the bands were squeezing their little necks for several minutes. She could have changed her mind at any point during that time and removed those bands from their necks, and she did not. The defendant did not take advantage of the situation when her husband left the home that night. She created the situation, and she used Apple Maps to make sure she would have enough time to strangle each child before her husband returned from where she had sent him. The defendant is a danger to herself and others. She planned these murders, gave herself the time and privacy needed to commit the murders, and then she strangled each child in the place where they should have felt the safest, at home with their mom. She did so with deliberate premeditation and extreme atrocity and cruelty. And to supplement what the defense counsel's... So, folks, again, that is the Duxbury woman, Lindsay Clancy, being arraigned via Zoom in court. Very thorough job by the prosecutors. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. 
Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401 885 4209. This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Right off of 146. Delicious food and drink. Always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there or you could sit out in the dining room don't forget the nice weather they have the deck open the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln delicious food and drinks awaiting for you i'll see you at the lodge For over 125 years ameriprise financial has provided advice for clients unique goals help millions of americans retire on their terms now as we're at the end of the year beginning of a new year why not take advantage of our free consultation call tom bryan today ameriprise financial 401-434-1510 offices located 400 massoyed avenue in east providence put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for for you through a personal one-on-one relationship call tom bryan today ameriprise financial advisors 401-434-1510 get solid advice get a plan whether it's for yourself you and a spouse maybe your children or grandchildren take advantage of this free consultation ameriprise financial 401-434-1510 call right now 401-434-1510 tom bryan ameriprise financial advisors